From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, joining me by telephone from Denver, Colorado, Deacon Joe Donahoe. Deacon Joe, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate being on. And we're talking uh, about um, veterans today, an event that uh, you are involved in organizing in Denver every September uh, called In God We Trust, which includes a mass reaching out to disenfranchised veterans within the Denver Archdiocese. Deacon Joe, tell me a little bit about this. Uh, How did this event come to be? What's the objective well, the, the event came to be through a conversation with a, a friend of mine now, Rick Crandall, who is uh, the founder of the Colorado Freedom, Freedom Memorial out here in Aurora, Colorado. Him and I had a discussion about veterans and why there's so many uh, issues that are going along with the veteran veterans that are in depression and PTSD and things like that. And we found that through our conversation that the thing that was missing was faith, that they were that there are places to fix their physical uh, ailments, there's places to fix their mental ailments, but a big hole or gap in the veterans of today is the spiritual element. And so we said, what can we do to, do, to fix this? And, one of the things was to have an outdoor mass with the, um, at the Colorado Freedom Memorial. Uh, we've been fortunate to have the Archbishop and um, Aquila and Bishop Rodriguez doing the, the masses. And then also um, Bishop Coffey was here last year. So. That's Bishop Joseph Coffey, who's an auxiliary bishop here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Yeah, that's correct. He's the uh, Episcopal Vicar of Veterans Affairs. When did when did you start the In God We Trust event? Well, we started in uh, first mass was in 2018, and um, the whole idea was to get um, it's, it's an invitation to all veterans and family members to get them to uh, reach out to those that may not be going to church that might feel disenfranchised, that might be, um, you know, sitting in their homes alone, and reach out to them and get them to come to, to, to church so that they can have a community that can help build them up and bring them together. So um, the Mass is centered around the Colorado Freedom Memorial. It's outside, just outside of Buffy Air Force Base here in Colorado. It starts with a uh, confessions and with counseling. So we have a counselor from the Catholic services here to be present to them, just to kind of introduce themselves if somebody was is interested. We also have on our team the uh, priest from the Veterans Administration Hospital that come out and, and join us. And we take, uh, before, uh, after the confessions are done, we have a speaker that comes out, and then we, uh, to talk about, um, you know, their personal experiences often the case or what they've seen in the military, uh, how people were rejuvenated spiritually. And then we start a Mass, and the Mass starts with, um, uh, 
going around to the uh, Freedom Wall, which has uh, 6,000 names on it from men and women that had been killed in action from Colorado. And so we take uh, our thurible and we, we, we raise up those prayers that have been set at that wall to God. And then there's also about four, four or five monuments with um, sand from the different places overseas where, where Americans are buried. And then uh, now we have a Gold Star Memorial that um, they put up that we've also uh, blessed for the families of the military personnel that have that, uh, lost a loved one. I see. Is, so, this, is this a day-long event, or is it a multi-day, or how long does it, it take? It's, it starts at um, 11 o'clock, and we usually go to about 2. I see. So, so it's not just a mass. It's sort of a, a one-stop shopping for uh, anyone who wants to come back into the church or anyone who just wants to practice their faith in an ongoing basis, right? Absolutely. And um, at the end of the mass, what we do is we have challenge coins that we hand out. And these challenge coins have instructions on it to hand this coin over to somebody that um, may need it. It's a veteran, and say it's time to come back home. You know, um, and that 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 so that coin is a very nice challenge coin. You got uh, military knows challenge coins well. That's kind of how we got the idea, and um, it just it's got Saint Michael on the front. It's got the service emblems on the back, and it's just a way for them to to connect. And then also for the um, veteran to come in back in the church and connect with, with their community. I see. Now, Deacon Joe Donahoe, you are a veteran yourself. You're a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Air Force. And uh, so uh, you, as well as anyone, knows the uh, faith issues confronting some veterans. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Why do you suppose so many veterans have fallen away from the practice of their Catholic faith? Well, in our discussion, my discussion with Rick Crandall, we talked about that some, and, and you know how the government is throwing tons of money into trying to help people with PTSD and help people with, um, you know, suicide attempts uh, to get out of that. And um, but they don't, they don't include God in their, uh, in their analysis and research and in trying to figure out how to help an individual that's in this situation. And so we decided that we were going to help put that element in there uh, to help them. I mean, you, you can see from the statistics, nothing's really happening. The suicide rate continues to stay high. Um, you know, PTSD and, and depression tends to be uh, paramount in, in military personnel. And it's because we've taken God out of our our uh, analysis and research. And how how do you suppose we have done that? Do you suppose does the influence of a, an increasingly secular society? Uh, do you think it's uh, personal uh, among those who have uh, abandoned the faith or no longer coming to church? What, what is the source of this alienation from God? Well, you know, I mean, it's all speculation, but I I think that because of the 
the way the government has put God into uh, the back seat, you know, through uh, prohibiting prayer in public places and um, confining, trying to confine uh, Catholics and Christians into their churches rather than uh, being able to speak out and be evangelical about it. Um, in some of the professional societies, like like the uh, counseling profession, uh, is trying to, um, in my opinion, is trying to neutralize the different spiritualities so that they can go and talk to anybody about any spirituality, and hopefully they can tag on to that. I, I know that happens a lot in the chaplaincy for medical hospitals, that the... Uh, Professionals are, are being told, to, you know, to walk into a room and just don't assume and just talk about spirituality, but don't get specific. Mm. And Catholics need Jesus Christ. Yeah, one yeah. size one size fits all mentality is what you're exactly. Saying. Um, so um, we we've we've worked a lot with that and uh, talked about how veterans went out to fight for a country with a value system that was uh, beyond reproach. And that value system included Jesus Christ, and that's being watered down and neutralized. Veterans who have gone out, especially World War II veterans, and but even the Vietnam and, and the recent Gulf um, veterans have been going out to fight for a country with a high value system, one that looks at right be the right way, and uh, we don't just fight for state, we fight for God and country. Um, if we fight for state, we're just, we're just like our the adversaries that we're fighting against, uh, in many cases. Um, so they fought and died for that, and I think um, when they come back, they're, um, especially in Vietnam, you know, I've got a brother that was in uh, Quignon, and when he came back, there were protesters, and they were throwing things at him and spitting at him and things of that nature, um, just on top of the difficulties that he experienced in Vietnam, he also had to deal with that. So, That's a sad, so chapter in country, our, a sad chapter in our country's history. It is. And so I think what what is missing for those that need healing is they need to enter into the suffering and wounds of Jesus and and let allow themselves to share the suffering that Jesus experienced and experienced and is experiencing even now through us and that's the healing sacrament that takes place that's where people come to heal I'm talking to Deacon Joe Donahoe, joining me by telephone from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Deacon Joe is a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Air Force, and we're talking about an event taking place uh, each year, each September, uh, in Denver at the Colorado Freedom Memorial near Buckley Air Force Base. What uh, day is the event going to take place this year? This year, September 16th, 11 o'clock. The address for the Freedom Memorial is 756 Telluride Street in Aurora. So uh, if anybody wanted to put their GPS in it, because you need to go just to the Colorado Freedom Memorial, the 
look at it. And if you're a veteran, uh, it's it's a solemn, holy place. Um, so um, where we remember the people that sacrificed their lives that were from Colorado specifically. And this annual event is called In God We Trust. Do you have a website for it? We do have a website. We're trying to get back up. It's uh, arch, www.archden.org forward slash veterans. Got it. Archden, standing for yeah, Archdiocese. Archdiocese of Denver. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so you had a career in the um, Air Force. Tell me a little bit about that and how you came to be a deacon in the Catholic Church. Well, first off, my family is very service-oriented from from the beginning. My dad was a, a Marine uh, for a couple years, and then when in 1948 he joined the Air Force. My uncle was a priest in the Pacific. Uh, he was a lieutenant commander in the Navy uh, during the war, and I also had an uncle um, that was in the European uh, theater for World War II. I have a brother that is a Navy veteran uh, that was a medic, and I also a brother uh, that came, uh, was in the Army as a, a MP. And then I myself was, was in the Air Force for 27 years. I started out enlisted, uh, went through the ranks. I was in uh, avionics, uh, stationed various places in Milton Hall and uh, Pope being primary, and then received a commission in 1985. Went on to work in uh, contracting, and uh, in my different travels, I ended up in Colorado working at the Mark Marietta plant down in southwest Denver and um, started um, we found a church here called Light of the World Catholic Church and I began going there in 1985 and then uh, a saint came by <laughs> Pope John Paul II what year was that? that was 1993 I was there I was there. I, I did a, um, uh, a freelance uh, uh, gig for EWTN covering uh, ah. the Pope's uh, visit to Denver for World Youth Day. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. And that's all right. And he spoke on vocations, and it sent a spark out to to uh, to a bunch of people. It wasn't just me. I mean, uh, he was really, really uh, um, a holy man. Well, you know, I, I can, and forgive me for interrupting, but I'll just share with you my impression of him, watching him in the flesh celebrating the Mass. There was something about him that just glowed, you know. It, he just had this spirituality that projected itself. Uh, and I could tell, even from a good ways away, I was probably, oh, I don't know, 300 feet at least away from the, the makeshift altar. Uh, a very impressive man in person. Not just yeah, in person, yeah. but, uh, you know, by reputation and, and as well. Yeah, and, and there's tons of stories uh, about his presence and how he exuded just a, a mighty presence because of his relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And I think that compelled a lot of people to look at vocation seriously. So in 1995, um, I pursued um, the diaconate. Uh, at that time, I was in a reserve uh, component. Uh, and then uh, in 2000, I was ordained by Archbishop Charles Shephew at the Cathedral uh, Basilica in Denver, Colorado, as a deacon. So just retired from a director's position. I was a deacon director for 14 years. Um, and that was for the Archdiocese of Denver. Yes, yes. So, but I continue to minister um, in the diocese. So I'm still active in ministry. So that's, that's the long and short of my experience. I see. Now, you mentioned that your uncle... Uh, was a, uh, a chaplain in the U.S. Navy during World War II. That was Monsignor John Donhoe, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, now he was with, uh, or he, he showed up at Nagasaki soon after the bombing. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, he was uh, he was stationed in Saipan, and then uh, they started moving uh, out just after the. Uh, the priest treaty was signed, so he he ended up moving into Nagasaki a couple months into it, and was able to see the destruction and the people that were there, and uh, and give a description of a lot that, that he experienced while he was in Nagasaki. In, so, how many days after the bombing did he show up? Do you know? Uh, I believe it was in. Um, Late September or early October. So maybe six weeks or so after the bombing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, my dad was a World War II correspondent. He uh, served in the uh, Pacific, South and uh, Central Pacific, and was in uh, Japan uh, aboard the USS Missouri uh, for the surrender. Uh, and is said to have interviewed, he never told me about this, but is said to have interviewed the pilots of the Enola Gay when they returned from the bombing at Hiroshima. Um, and I have also, a, a, he was friends with Joe Rosenthal, who captured the famous image of the Marines. And I have here in my office a, a signed, autographed uh, copy of that. Uh, so we have some common ground there, you, your uncle and my dad. I wonder if they knew each other. We'll never know. <laughs> okay. We'll never know. I mean, he was in Saipan, and uh, he couldn't write. He had censors. He couldn't write back to. He wrote it to his family often, but he didn't write about specifics until after, after the peace treaty was signed, and then uh, he did tell us about B-29s being flying overhead and heading out in different directions. Um, so, Deacon Joe, what more do you know about your uncle and his experiences? Uh, in Japan, in Nagasaki, after the war, and you know before um, Nagasaki. Well, uh, it was interesting because he was uh, at North American University for seminary, and he couldn't afford to go back home. So during the summers, he would stay there or go up the peninsula to different places. But he was really um, introduced to the fascist government of Mussolini during the summer months and all the parades and Pomp and circumstance that happened with that, especially in Rome. So let me get this so, straight. Uh, let, let me get this straight. He's in Rome at the outbreak of the war. Yes. 
he was Rome before the war. Right. So okay. uh, th- I think he was ordained in 39. So by Pius XII. And, um, and then the war started shortly after that. And um, so he was brought back to the States and then sent to the Pacific? He was a, a, a priest in the Diocese of Wilmington, uh, Delaware, and then was uh, went into the Navy Reserves where he was activated. And uh, so in 44, um, he was um, assigned to the 2nd Tank Battalion, 2nd Marine Division. Took off to Saipan where he um, relieved another priest from so he could go back home, and then, um, and then that's he was there until the end of the until the end of the war when he went to Nagasaki, and he spent probably not quite a year in Nagasaki, helping the rebuilding, supporting the troops that were uh, assigned to the um, rebuilding of of that area. So he was. Um, he was late for the pontifical requiem mass, which was kind of neat because he took pictures uh, from, you know, the, the crowd that was there. Um, and um, it, But in the background is, is Nagasaki, and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, I take it you got to know your uncle pretty well. Well, my uncle died in '85, and I knew him. I knew him uh, pretty well. I wish I had known him better, quite frankly. Did he ever share any of his war stories with you? Not a lot. Uh, most of what I found out about, I knew he was in the Navy, and I know he had gone off because he spent. My dad was also over there, and they spent some time together when they could. So, um, but he didn't share anything other than writing it down for me. Are for our family, and uh, and so I've been uh, researching and studying through his his documents for several years now. Very interesting. You ever thought about writing a book on his wartime experience? Uh, I I might be limited to what I could write because, as I said, some a lot of his letters and they were they were written not daily but pretty close. You know, he could only write about you know. Uh, what was going on, you know, in the camp and how mass was going and what was, you know, what the feast days were and how he was celebrating it and things like that. He couldn't write on the actual movement of troops and things like that, obviously, for for intel reasons. But, sure, he, was, he had to subject his or submit his letters to the censors before he could send them out? He actually, when he was on ship, his desk was the desk of the censor as well. So he had, to, he, he had some letters and said, well, the censor's coming, i got to leave. <laughs> so. Well, I can tell you from my experience as a reporter in the Gulf, uh, you know, it, it's uh, on the Pentagon press pool back in the 80s. It was standard procedure for us to submit our scripts to the censor for approval, and I can certainly understand that. You don't want to uh, disclose uh, movements and locations of ships and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, I don't recall anything that they ever took out of what I wrote, frankly, I, I, because I knew going in, you know, what the rules were. 
but yeah. not to get distracted, uh, we're talking to um, Deacon Joe Donahoe, a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Air Force and nephew of a U.S. Naval chaplain, U.S. Navy chaplain in World War II, Monsignor John Donahoe. Uh, and we have been talking about um, the uh, In God We Trust um, event that takes place every uh, September in Denver, uh, coming up this year. What is the date this year, Deacon Joe? September 16th. September 16th, and uh, it, this is a, a reach out, if you were, if you will, to the uh, veterans uh, who've fallen mm-hmm. away from the practice of the Catholic faith. Um, uh, how many folks show up? How many veterans show up uh, for this event every year? We've had about 250. But I got to tell you, they all stay. You know, the Air Force Choir, the Air Force Academy, Catholic Choir comes and sings at the Mass. They also stay. And it's like prying these guys because they got to get back to their school uh, away because they love speaking with the veterans and the veterans love speaking with them. So after the Mass, we have a lunch. It's nothing, there's no charges or any of this. And the lunch is where they just mingle. And we we have kids that come out from the schools, and they'll do the Pledge of Allegiance. We're trying to get them to understand the significance of where God was in the military um, mind um, when they go to war like this, and what sacrifices they gave. You know, I, I, one of the things that really impressed me was um, at one of the masses, Bishop Rodriguez, our auxiliary uh, bishop, said after Mass, he said, um, as I was lifting up the Eucharist, I couldn't help but think of the names on the wall and how they gave their body and blood for our freedom. And there, um, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. It was like, Somebody's recognized the sacrifices of our brothers and, and some of the people and, and us. What we've done is, as, as um, soldiers in the church militant, too. And that's the other thing about the veterans is they have the leadership skills for being um, in these churches and leading people in this church militant call that we have on earth. So... Um, to be um, the combatants, if you will, fighting evil forces that are coming up against not just us, but against the church in general. Yeah. And so, um, so we're calling them to that kind of role, to stand up and be the warrior. Uh, and we use St. Michael as our patron. Um, and so... Um, and so the, I think the veterans have an important role in that. I think some, in some ways that's where the church is missing. And I'm sure you've seen some conversions uh, in the, what, four or five years you've been uh, holding this event. We, we would like to see more. Uh, we certainly have seen some. Uh, some are pretty dramatic. It was interesting that we had one guy that reported back and said, you know, we have a... a uh, prayer card that we hand out with a remember the date and on the front is St. Michael holding the shield and his sword and he said the guy was in the gym and he gave him a coin that has his St. Michael's on it 
guys looked at it and said, I've been thinking about, you know, what I need to do. And he pulled up his sleeve, and there's this St. Michael tattoo on his arm. Mm. And it was like uh, divine providence, quite frankly. Is, in God We Trust, open to veterans from, I mean, can any veteran, U.S. veteran, come to Denver for the event? Uh, absolutely. Any, uh, anybody can come to the event. And there's no charge. Um, it's, it's free for veterans. It's, it's outside, no charge. Um, uh, the whole idea is to get veterans that are uh, active in the church, working with veterans that may not be active, and get them out there. We're extending this, too, just so you know, um, to the parishes. So we just started, we just finished off a pilot program where we're going to put a parish group together. And their number one concern is guys that are alienated. They want to reach out to them and be a part of, uh, you know, help them be a part of this uh, really kind of exciting time in the church. We've got a lot to do. Deacon Joe Donahoe, a retired United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, uh, talking to me about the uh, In God We Trust event held every September in Colorado and Denver at the Colorado Freedom Memorial near Buckley Air Force Base. Again, the uh, date and time this year is, Deacon Joe? Date is September 16th. The time is 11 a.m. is when it starts. It's 756 Telluride Street, Aurora, Colorado. Deacon Joe, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your what you're doing on, the, on these podcasts.